Welcome to the Yeshiva Shalmael. This is David Lichtenstein. This week, our topic will be getting kids into school. Do all kids get into school? We're going to be speaking of halacha, the takon of Rabbi Shua ben Gamla. The Shulchan Aruch says a community that says, is not moishiv, schools for the children, machrimen u machrivin. Do you need schools for all the children or just some of the children? What damage does it do to a child who doesn't get in or to the family? Who's at fault? The parents, the schools, society? Are schools with quote-unquote high standards really producing better kids? Are they teaching their kid, the children, what it's like to get along with children who maybe aren't so advantaged? We'll be speaking about divorced parents, shared custody between from and not from parents. How do schools deal with it? We'll have these and other questions. This week, our guests will be Rabbi Beirich Steinfeld. He's a manal, a mechanach for more than 20 years. He's a, a columnist. You've seen him in all the famous newspapers. Here's Rabbi Beirich. I am not Makana, all these Manalim and Rabbonim who have to decide yes, no, maybe. It's, 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 uh, I don't know how they sleep. We'll have Sholi Halpert, who's a, an Askin par excellence in getting children into school. Here's what Rab Sholi has to say. Over 80% of boys or girls that I've met in the last 15 years come with their mothers. Girls, I understand, but come with their mothers. I've had mothers begging me to find a, a base medrash for their child where they learn the ritva but not the rashba. For some reason, fathers throw the towel in so much faster than, than mothers. It's crazy. What would a boy, how does a boy feel? He's 18 years old, he's sitting there talking to me, and his mother's there. And then we'll have Yosef Shidla, parent from Tom's River, who will talk about some of the struggles he's had getting his children as a new member of a community into schools. Should make for a fascinating program. Before we go to our guests, I want to say a small word on the Parsha. This week is Parsha's Ekev. What does Rashi say? Your ultimate schar will be for keeping the mitzvahs sh'adam dosh barkevav, those little mitzvahs. Like, why? Why not the bigger ones? And why does it use the funny lush and all the shiny messes of Akev, the heel? And I want to suggest to you, have you ever heard of the great watermelon diet? If you eat watermelon for two weeks, you will lose 20 pounds and you will be fit again. You didn't like the watermelon diet? What about the pineapple diet? If you eat the pineapple diet for three weeks, you will lose 30 pounds. Do we really believe these things work? Come on. You really have to be foolish. So what is life really about? It's not about grand events. Think of it. Two fathers. One is not there all year. Go through the kids, sit with them, do their homework, prepare for their tests, give them chizuk after a hard day, drive them to yeshiva. And then there's the parent who's gone all year, but has this fantastic summer vacation. He takes his kids on a private plane to Africa, Fesavu, the most amazing vacation. Who's the better parent? What does it say? Life is really about a series of small little acts. Again and again and again, showing up and being there. And you know, the heel is the part of the body that is the most sensitive. You can walk on hot coals with your heels for people to do that. What does that mean? You can't get swayed. In life, I had a bad mood today. I woke up depressed about this. Tomorrow it's about something else. The heel is callous. It just soldiers on. You could stick a needle in it. You could step on. It just keeps going. The mitzvah sh'adam dash of The Torah is saying, what is 
the Ivy, the true servant of Hashem, but the true producer in any field, not the hero, but the person who keeps going. You know, in the Torah, there's one hero of mine. There are many, obviously. But there's only one person in the whole Tanakh who's called a tzaddik. Not once, but twice. Who is that? Noyach. Noyach ish tzaddik. He's called twice. But here's a funny thing. Rashi says about Noyach. He entered the Teva Mipnei Mea Babel. Rashi says, Noyach miktane emana He struggled with his amuna. Why is it that the person who struggled with his Amuna gets the appellation Keser Tzadik twice and the only person in the Haya Tanakh? It's an amazing aura. Possible answer is Nayach was Miktane Yamana. But at the same time, Chazal say, for 120 years, he got up in the morning and he built a teva with all his, all his fakers and his kashes and the shells. He clapped and he clapped and he clapped and he showed up and they jeered and they mocked and there were articles in the papers, the Meshuggan and Naya. He just kept going with all his fakers. The Torah is telling us, you know what a tzaddik is? The Torah doesn't need you to always believe doesn't need you to always, you know, do things perfectly. It needs you to show up. And Noyach showed up. Noyach was like the Akev. He was not sensitive. He wasn't emotional. He was consistent. He just kept on treading. And the Maral brings a, a medrash. What is the most important concept in the Torah? Come on, because one says, Shema Yisrael Hashem Aleikeinu Hashem Echad. Kiva says, Shema Yisrael, Yichud Hashem. Another man, the Yomer, says, no, the most important concept in the Torah is V'haftal Arecha Kamaycha, Klal Gadol Batayra. And the Gemara brings the man, the Yomer, says, no, Es HaKeves HaEchad Taseh Baboyker, Sakeves HaSheini Taseh Beinarbayim. And the Moral understands this to mean, it's called the Tamid. It happened Tamid all the time, always in the morning, always in the afternoon, always before nightfall. And the Moral says, you know what, a real service is, consistency, just showing up. So is the answer the watermelon diet? Or is our answer the pineapple diet? Or is the answer some new get-rich-quick cryptocurrency scheme, etc., etc.? It's not. What does the Torah says? Mitzvah's kalas shadam dash bakevav. Life is about doing a series of small things consistently, like the akev, trods, unemotionally, again and again. Secret life success, Parshish akev. Let's go to our riddle of the week. I'm going to ask, it's such a rich parsha. I'm going to ask three short riddles. Ma Hashem Aleikecha Shoyomim Chakim Liyiras Hashem Aleikecha. So the Gemara says, Yir is such a big thing. Kase Reishach, Keichidi Tahavi Alech, Emsad Hashemaya. Cover your head, we're a yarmulke, so you should have Yiras Hashemayim. Ma Hashem Aleikecha Shoyomim Chakim Liyiras Hashem Aleikecha. So the question is, why don't girls wear a yarmulke? Is there no dispasik of ma shemalekecha shel mimachim liyiras Hashem does not refer to girls? That's interesting. Rabbi Ari Wasserman wrote a sefer about girls and yarmulkes. I'm sure you could answer this riddle, but for all the rest of you, I think it's a, a wonderful riddle. Here's riddle number two. The Machaba in Hilchus Tfilas Kalim, Simon Kufchaf Siv Gimel, brings that if you toivel harbe kalim, at one time, you mavarech al tefilas kelim. But if you just toivel kli echad, what do you mavarech? Al tefilas kli. Because the base Yosef holds. That there's a difference between kli echad, laharbe kelim, should the bracha be plural, or should the bracha be singular? So the question is, by mezuzah, 
This week's parsha, you make the bracha likvaya mezuzah. Whether you do one mezuzah or whether you do fifty mezuzahs, why isn't there the singular and the plural likvaya mezuzais? Just like you would have by kalim. That is riddle number two. Riddle number three. The Gemara Nerevin says that tefillin is another. The Pasuk says, that you don't put tefillin on Shabbos and Yom because you already have an ice. Shabbos is an ice. Ice he beini u Right? And you don't need two ices on the day of Shabbos. So the Smag says, Mitzvah say Gimel, that every day you need two ices. He says, you you have the ice of Brismila, then you have the ice of Tefillin. Shabbos, you have the ice of Shabbos and the ice of Mila. That's all you need is two ices. But there's a din that every day a person needs two ices. So the question is, why aren't we Machayev, and we don't find this anywhere, that Misha Mesu Achiv Machmas Mila, Shehis Pata from Mila, and he's Eine Mala Eilam, like the Gemara in Yuvamah says in, in Aral, why isn't he Machayev to put on Tefillin on Shabbos and Yamtif? Because on these days, he only has one ice, so he should need the, he doesn't have the ice of meal, so he should need Sai the ice of Shabbos, and as well as the ice of Tefillin. Those are our three riddles. I'm going to ask one last riddle. It's a bonus riddle. Why is the first parsha of Shema Belashin Yachid, Vahafto Es Hashem Aleikecha, and the second parsha, Vahayim Shamaya Tishmu? That's how it is. If anybody gets the four riddles correct, I'll send them something very special. I'll send them a talus cotton with the murex trellis, according to the shita of Rashi and Taisvis, which is four, which I have custom made, and they're really very hard to get. So if you get all four riddles right, Belineda, I'll send that a maximum of three, because they're hard to make, hard to get, and very expensive. If you want to leave a message by phone or dial in by phone to listen, in America, our number is 732-806-8700. In England, it's 44, like that's the country code, 33011-70250. In Eretz Yisrael, it's uh, 02-372-0304. Let's go to our wonderful guests. Joining us from Flatbush is Rabbi Beirich Steinfeld. He's a Rav in Flatbush. He's also the head of a Hechsha Dovertai. He's been a Malamed principal, an English principal. He was Brahmshmal Miller for 20-some odd years. He's a Talmud of the Mir, Yishalayim, like me, a little bit after me. Um, he's a columnist, widely read in many different publications. Welcome, Rabbi Thank you. Rabbi the, the Gemara in Layachta says that... Uh, Zachar Oisaya Ishvatayim, right? Yeshua ben Gamla, right? That he created the first school. He was massacring the first schools in Kali Yisrael. Every community, originally it started with every region, and ultimately it became that every city should have a, a school. And it's, it's brought in the Shulchan Aruch and, uh, and Yeridea, that Meshivin Malamdei Tinaikis Bechaliyavir, and a very strong Russian, um, Shivu, if they didn't have schools for Tinaikis in every year, machrivin ha'ir, they would destroy the city. Very strong Russian, right? Right. And, it's um, an interesting thing because, right, the the Gemara brings right, it down. The Gemara, 
And the Gemara doesn't bring that, by the way. Right. The Gemara brings it down as a takana, mainly for the orphans, for people who don't have a father to teach them. That's where the Takana initiated. In other words, really, according to, in the Sefer says that, that the Takana was only for, um, if a child is, doesn't have a father to teach him, and doesn't have a father to spend on his schooling, he would go without schooling. So the Gemara says that first he established to have a yeshiva in Yerushalayim, and then he saw that wasn't sufficient, so he said in every schooner and every neighborhood there should be a yeshiva. Now the reason we have yeshivas is because, uh, according to some Roshayim, is because if you would just have for the people the them, then the, they wouldn't be able to afford it. They wouldn't be able to have the malamdan. So therefore they wanted to make it more of an even scale, so they decided that they would tax the community, and the community would have to pay, just like you have to pay for a chazm, and for a rav to pass mishailas, and, and other uh, communal needs. You have, The city of themselves get taxed and have to have a malamdan tanaikas, then there's halachas, can have more than 25 or, uh, uh, in a class, and so on and so forth. Here's my question, Rabbi Shaila. And it's, it, it, that's the Lushen in Machrivan ear is the Lushen in, in Reish from Hay and Hilchus Malamdim. Based on Tajbat. Yeah, and, and additionally, it also has another Lushen, a different Simon, Machrivan on Shaila. They would put them in Cherem, right? Yeah. you don't see such a Lushen in the whole Shokhara. So here's my question to you. Let's say you have a city that has 1,000 kids, and they set up a school that's for 950 kids. And 50 kids, they're not yeshiva in the school. They say, look, we set up the 950. It's enough. We don't. Does the takana imply that it should be for all the children? Well, they do what they have to do. So, so first of all, it's, it's, the takana is only for a certain age group. Uh, according to most of the it's from 5 to 13. It's only for that age group. Okay. It's just important group? to know. Um, the question is a very good question. And the question you can ask is even stronger. Because the halacha in the Gemara is, if let's say I can only afford for myself and or only my son to learn, who gets Kadima? Myself or my son? So Gemara says if I myself am more mamulach, whatever that Russian is, more salty or more sharp, I come before my son. So it's, it, 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 it would be a shtikla chiddush then. Even though the father has a chiddush, the matam leishos v'neichem, the matam atem, comes first. So, I mean, you're asking a very good question. If a city sets up for 950 children, and there's 50 children that are not uh, uh, set up for, the question is, is there yoytza this machrinen or machrinen? Um, it depends which achayim we go by. It really does. I mean, um, some will say, if this is the only school in the city, then they're probably not Yaitza, then it would be a problem. Well, let's say there are 10 schools, and combined, the 10 schools can only service 70 or 80, 90% of the students, 50% of them, whatever the number is. It doesn't say how many Rabbeim they have. It's understood that if it's a small city, they'll have a small Malandim. If it's more, there'll be more. But they said we're doing 75%. Well, it does say that you can... So Tysus discusses it by, by the 25, what the Nafkamina Tysus says that whether you can take your son to another school, to another town. So it seems from Tysus, at least, that says that you should take your son to another town, then maybe if there isn't enough Malandim them in this town, you would have a chiv to have your son commute to another uh, another town. So from Tysus' mash, at least, that th- well, if there's another eight your, your, your obligation it, it goes beyond the community's obligation. Let's say the community says, we're not creating a yeshiva. So it's dichzetin to together, machrivin and machrivin. 
you still have a chiyav, right? You should answer Mluvanecha. But my question is, the takana itself... Is no, but Tyson says even more. Tyson says even more. That if I send my son to another town, and based on that, it will go over the 25 or 26, that they would have to hire an assistant. According to some of them, even though he's not from this town. Well, that's already so, I mean, greater than the Takanatari Shabangamli thing. Right, right, yeah. So I'm saying it's not simple, it's not clear cut that it's. Now, you have to, we have to analyze and understand why is why are they not doing it? Is it negligence? Is it because the children cannot be taught all the same way? That, that's enough to me. And of course, if everybody is on the same plane and the same thing, then we'll machriach, and if it's one town, then we'll machriach more of it. Is to hire more rabbin from out of town to come to, to teach the children. The, the ratio of 1 to 25. Let's say half the kids are very bright and half the kids aren't very bright. Is Rabbi Shul ben Galil masakin the for the not-so-bright children too or only for the bright children? 100% are not-so-bright. And Shachnach says that in the first. Shachnach says that there's no so difference. The question is, so, so it doesn't matter if the kids are bright or not bright. A town has to supply mechanchem for the children or else the community is necessary together of machrivin or machrimin. Isn't that the simple Correct. reading of Allah Shachanah? That is a simple reading. How do you understand communities where they say, listen, we just can't get kids into school, our kids going to public school, our kids being shipped out of town. I understand towns say we, we have no room, we have no ability. Well, to have room, fill in, you have time for, for, for kashras. Shachanah says machrivin or machrimin. Like, what would be the answer? So, um, just, uh, I'm going to veer a drop off, uh, and, and this might not be a little off topic, but I think it will help us understand the, the, the topic at hand. When yeshivas charge tuition, they charge you more tuition than it costs them for your child, okay? Could they do that or not? So according to this of Shur and Gamla, yes, they could, because if there's a child who can't pay for tuition, then we're forcing you, the parent, who's part of our community, because you sent it to my school, and you can afford it, to pay extra tuition. So the yeshiva can be me, as a richer parent, to pay more tuition, then a, par- a child who's in that community, if he's pack a part of that community, can be to teach the school to hire another Rebbe and to, um, you know, have to hire another Rebbe and service that child. So Lafizah, yeah, that if the school is only servicing 950 and there's a thousand children and these part, and they're really part of this community, the, the, the school would have to service them. Now the question is just, where do you draw the line if there's more than one school or there's more than one community? Well, so that's where the gray area is. more than one school, but... Uh, my argument is, it's not necessarily, it could be, it's the school's obligation, but the dinner machrivin and machrimin goes on fire in the school and fire in the whole city. And if the city doesn't come up with the solution, they have this, 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 uh, this, your, your lala of, of the Shulchanara. They have this, uh, But I don't know if the machrimin, the question is, is machrimin machrivin um, a, a siba or is it a semen? In other words, does it come as a result of not having yeshivas? And that's why someone in China, certain communities in Brooklyn um, got decimated because they never had yeshivas in, that, in their communities. Or is it like you said, a simon, not a siva? In other words, I, I'm not sure if we could touch up machim machrivin means that we're doing a mice of machim machrivin. It could be that it automatically will degenerate. Why is yeshiva? Machriven, yeah. Why Shane Island of Sky, Mela Devil, Pim, Sodeshal, Beis Ravan? Yeah. I'm sorry. Correct. What does it mean, Machriven? 
That, there's no mitzvah. Would you say that there's someone a mitzvah for 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 some uh, vigilantes and going to destroy the city? Obviously not. It's a plural of of this of this of no, this lacking of yeshivas. Machrimin would be a ma'aseh and and or not. And 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 Machriven is Menashemayim, right? Okay. Correct. So then Menashemayim, we so Menashemayim we can't answer. But uh, one thing's for sure, Bezdin in a case like this would not be Machriven because if you have 950 people being educated, then how could you say you're putting in a chair for 50 people? Agreed. The the the, the Ramosh Sternbach and his Tshuvas Sanhagis brings from uh, the Bnei Saskal people a very interesting thing. He says that the uh, he says the Prima Godim and his Pichel Arachayim. He says that, as far as he says, when there's a key in my mitzvah, even if it's a deraisa, right, but chazal wachmiru, to do it in a gevisaisen, he says, mm-hmm. if somebody's makayim the mitzvah, me deraisa, but not the way chazal wachmasakim, he's not yaitza the deraisa. So Rav Sternbuch says, according to, and he brings the benetah, he says, since today the takana is to Rabbi Shua ben Gamla, he says, or parent who's not Makayim, the, the, the mitzvah, the kitikuna of Chazal, or the takana of Rabbi Shua ben Gamla, have to be set up school for the kids, he's got yaita his daraisa, the shinan son lovanecha. Which is a tremendous kiddush. Let's say, let's say I want to teach my son myself. He's uh, he, he's not capable of learning with other kids. He's, uh, let's right. say, and they have kids like that. And I can teach him and teach him very well, let's say. I'm not saying myself. Uh, some father, according to Nei Sosri, would not be the kind of mitzvah of the Mata Moises Nathan, when the Ikka mitzvah was no, no. that the father should do it, it's just a shlifus? No, I think what, what he's saying is, is that you don't partake in the communal chiyav of being, of being Moises, uh, yeshivas, you don't contribute to the system of yeshivas, so even your vishinantem is not, you weren't Makayim because you didn't partake in that if, on the other hand, you were partook in the Moshiva and Yeshivas, and for some reason your son didn't fit in and you wanted to teach it privately, you're doing what's best for your son the way he could learn. But you still have to partake in the sea of, 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 of Rabbi Shor ben That's how I would say. I understand, but the Rechayim uh, the, the brings down even stronger, saying even if I don't have children, that's a person who's never there to have kids, he still right. has to contribute to Moises, uh, even though he has no, no mitzvah of the Mount of Moises Venecha. So you see that there's, right. the Zakona was to Shtalavak Yeshivas and to make sure there's Chadorim for the kids, even for those, it goes the Chumra and the Kula they bring down. It goes the Chumra that, that even if you don't have kids, you have to give, and it goes the Kula that you don't have to teach anymore. Your children, the ikkis taka through the shlichus. Um, if if it's better for the child, right? Now, what would you say, Rabera? You have a kid, and it happens unfortunately, not that uncommonly, where parents are divorced and is joint custody, and one of the parents becomes not from, and obviously this will have an effect on the child. Does, does the yeshiva have a right to, re- to send such a child home and say, look, your child no longer meets the standards of the, both the parents? And child who we would like in our school. So, uh, this is this this would be much more chamadik than before. In other words, before we we're discussing about accepting a child to begin with. Here, once the child is part of your community, you have no right to send them home. Your mom is being uh, your mom is killing a kid. It's, it's worse than that. It's mom's shukuch the first in such a case. Whether it's nefesh as far as uh, ruchness, but it's definitely shukuch the first. So once he's part of the community, you can't expel him from the community unless he's a mason. So I'm not sure what the question. I'm sorry, I just don't understand the question. Just because the mother is not from, forget. So you have to, you have to, you have to help him. He needs, he needs that much more education. 
How much chaimer is it to send a kid out of school? In today's day, it's it's it's, it's the worst. It's it's much more common than anything else. Uh, it's interesting. I, I, the the Torah tells us um, uh, when. I'm sure you may have, some may have mentioned it already before, but when it says a chais nachshim, Rashi says tivdik b'achel. The stipe and the kind eagles says that today you're not boydik b'achel. So he explains why. He says a mall, a girl would be home. There would be no school for her. And the neighbor, the only way to know if the family is close or not is by seeing the children. It says today faket everybody the, the outside influences in the stipe's times. Could you imagine what it would be today? Um, in the stipe times there was no internet. He said just the fact that they can read the newspapers is nishkaray that the shtub is nishka. The, 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 rule, the house is not a good house because one brother may be uh, a little bit off. So Kavachayma, probably even a girl's school would have a dim of the yeshiva of Rav Shua ben Gamla that you can't have them roaming the streets in Smamash Bikulach Nefesh. Okay. Now I know the Chafetzai I would even take it a step further. I would take it a step further. Camp today is the same Daga. Camp for children in the summer, they should be able to learn an hour or two a day. And, and, and the day he saw Sava would have been the same darga as yeshivas. That a camp cannot throw a kid out stamazai if he's going to end up floating in the streets. It's an achrayas for the camp also. Okay. You know, it's brought in the Ice Rishal Chenach at the Chafetz Chaim. Wow. This is from the Eitzrish Shulchanik Chalik Aleph. That's what he says. They say about Lev Steiner says in his whole life he. Only threw one boy out, right? But he says it was, it was impossible. He was a mechutzif neirish ein ladimim, and he said that when Bach is Nizrak from yeshiva and he goes out with Tarbisra and Dayan on the emes, they're going to ask the the rosh yeshiva or the magitshir or the manal, etc. How how could he possibly? He knows he's going to be brought to din for it. Rebbeirich, is there a din of is there is there a takana of Rabbi Shua ben Gamla for girls too? Um, it doesn't say anything in halacha, but you have to believe that today, because of the outside influences that we have, the zikha is the same takana. If girls don't have a school and girls don't have structure, achem they. I mean, today, with what we have outside there, it's Kamat not shy. So, is it beforeish? Does anyone say it beforeish in Alokha? No. But in Alokha, there was no schools. Uh, the schools, the advent of schools is pretty, pretty new. So, but I would have to believe, especially today, the way the world is structured and the way today where parents don't even have time to give to their children. If a child doesn't have a school, and I've been involved with a couple of, of People from who trying to get them back into schools, girls' schools. The mother's working, the father's working, the girls just go and, and, and go, go from bad to worse. And just plus it to, to, uh, I think that I'm sure that the Konos of Shur Ben Gamla would be applicable today. Yeah. So I have here um, from Rav Zulbishtin brings from his chair, the Sabal Yasha. He says that he brings, he says, Pari only sent the Gvarim. Right. Why was why wasn't he worried? Uh, he said he he said he knew that if the woman stayed, Makushal Tarbis would try him. He said, let the gvarim go. It's not going to make any difference. The women will ruin them when they come back. He said because the side of a from a house is the woman, it's not the man. And he brings the the gracious rabbi that it's an isha tzadeka that nafal rasha for asay say tzadik and if I care the tzadik that nafal rasha for asay say rasha. So the women are kaveya from kaif of the house. That's what he said. He said they that reason, that reason. Yeah, and he said over that Rabbi Lazar Rabinovich from Minsk, right, the one who's in the back of the Gemara. He says uh, that when they started the, the Sarshanira school, the one at the girls' school, he said they, they were all worried about the Kalam Alamid, the Bikei Tarek, and London Tiflis. 
He said, Rabbi Novi said, He says, because if not, how is she going to know? He says, She grew up in such a firm house, of course she's going to know. But he says, today, the houses, the father and the mother, everybody's out. The girls are in the street. He said, they're not learning from the home of what they should be learning. So, that's what the, the, that was the fact of the lesson. He said it was the scabble by the island, and that's why you know the, the, the girls' school. And as I said, Yasha said, Avadu would be a dinner with Rishua ben Gamla, uh, and then the Ridvan he says that in in Russia and in Lita, he says where the girls went to gymnasiums. That's what they call the friar schools then. And not only would they became the scalpel, but they ruined their brothers their husbands, and their children. So the Ridvaz Paskin, that Al-Tailud with HaKadosh Yeshua Ben Gamla, is Avad the girls is the exact same thing. And the Maisha in Yeridea Chelik Beis sort of implies a similar thing as well. So again, the question just arises is, is if there are 10 schools in a community like Brooklyn, Lakewood, where there's a metropolis of different communities, if, you know, one parent decides, I want to send to this school and I don't want to send to that school, and you're giving them the option of another school where they can get in, not uh, not fake eye. I mean, unfortunately, sometimes a girl gets kicked out. Um, the the school ruins it for all the other schools by telling them, don't take her, don't take her, and don't even give her a second chance. But if they give them a second chance, then I don't think we can call them a chrim or a chrim. Saying if a girl has, or a boy has a chance to go to a school that's a legitimately good school, not necessarily the school they wanted to. That's how Vada Oh, the parents want. Well, the parents, they're Vada in the community. with Makayim, Takanas, who showed their love. So in the case of, let's say, there's a Vada that tries to get people in, or there are people who are Sadiqim here in Brooklyn, where I live, who work on getting girls in and boys into yeshivas. But again, up to their level. And sometimes, unfortunately, parents are busy with a stigma more than the chemich of their child and don't accept it then I'm not so sure that the community is responsible. Again, it's a gray area. I, I, I don't want to... Each, each case has to be judged by Sher Husham. And I, I, I am not Makana, all these Manalim and Rabbonim who have to decide, yes, no, maybe. It's, 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 uh, I don't know how they sleep. Yeah, it's, it's true. I wouldn't sleep either. It's, it's really deciding life and death in a way. Because they yeah. said to throw a kid out of a school, and Yonei Chinuch, he said, you need a Bezdin of Chav Gimel. So you also seem to understand that it's a matter of life and death. It's, it's, it's also, today, a kid gets thrown out from one second to the next. Let the Rebbe calm down. Let the principal calm down. Never kick a guy out the day he does something wrong. Wait a week. If you're still so steamed, then maybe you have a right to kick him out. But a lot of times, it's reactions. And then the child gets destroyed because, ah, whatever I do is no good. The Rebbe can't always see the, uh, the, the child's view. And then the father, for sure, can't see the child's view because he has to side with the Rebbe because why not? And, and no Normally the Rebbe is right, but that that's the problem today. Everything is done reactionary. Without, like you said, the Chav Gimel, I think, is just push it to get out to get the people together and then see. Oh, maybe you know, with a little time, we can deal with. It. Today we're very quick to kick children out. You know that. Rebera, thank you very much for your time. And that's Lach, and uh, thank you for bringing this to the attention to the island. We hope that by setting up Hevel PM Shal Tavayka Shal Beis Rabbam, with that, we'll take a bring back the Beis Hamikdash Bez Hashem and be able to bring the Karbonis. Joining us from New York is Reb Shuli Halpert. He's a businessman. 
but he also runs an organization called Gesher La Yeshiva. And what they do is yeshiva placement, I guess, for kids who haven't been placed. Welcome, Rav Shali. Thank you very much. Pleasure. So who, is, who would come to you? Who's your typical client? So the truth is, you know, it's a 12-month job. Obviously, different uh, parents coming at different times of the year. Uh, we'll start with the fiscal year, I guess, of November, uh, December, when eighth graders, both boys and, and girls, are getting ready to apply for high schools, which today it's, it's a pretty, uh, there's a lot of passion involved uh, on all sides to get into the right high school. Um, Unfortunately, I deal with other kids who during the school year um, either are asked to leave or leave on their own, finding it too difficult to stay in that yeshiva. Um, I deal also with a lot of 11th and 12th grade boys who are looking to go into base matters for the Ellos man, so I start hearing from them around like Blamer time till really th uh, throughout the summer. But there are, unfortunately, many cases that go on at any time of the year, uh, depending exactly, you know, it depends what the situation is. And unfortunately, there are a lot of kids and a lot of parents who need help. And even though technically I'm, I'm a businessman and I, I don't have any experience other than my own experience, I have no uh, degree or anything like that. But when you get to work in yeshiva placement, it does open up avenues of things that sometimes need professionals. I try to do my best, and when I think it's over my head, then I get the real professionals involved or the real rabbanim involved. So let me start with the first one. You say kids getting into high school. What percentage of kids have difficulty getting into a high school? So that really has to be broken up by communities. Uh, I, I, I lived in Flatbush for plus 40 plus years i just recently moved to jackson um i still go into to brooklyn for business purposes two to three days a week so i'm still there and so i'm still seeing people from the tri-state area on in 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 brooklyn and the five towns and muncie but i'm also the phone is ringing off the hook in lakewood i've been there for about five months i certainly met more than 35 boys and girls for all different types of reasons now so let's start with Flatbush. As a general rule, Baruch Hashem, it's getting a little better. There was a time where it wasn't automatic that a, a, a student, a girl, let's say, who was in a school for eight years or nine years and it was time to go to high school, that they didn't have an automatic ticket to go to that same school if that same school had a high school. That has gotten better. The only time there's an issue there is if it's an extreme hashkafa issue, and that's a whole different category and has to be dealt with. The school has every right to say that the hashkafas of the girl are are don't fit the school. But for scholastics, by and large, Baruch Hashem, that has really gotten a lot better. Um, there are some schools that don't have high schools, and there's still a problem with those schools. Those schools, let's say in Flatbush, that only have an elementary school, what happens every year is the Mitsuyanois, let's call them, all get into a number of schools, but the weaker children scholastically have a hard time. It's probably the same thing in Borough Park, although the dynamics in Borough Park are totally different. I mean, you have Hasidic schools that belong to a specific Hasidic. They, by and large, take care of their own people. Very rare that uh, I even get a call about that. But there are thousands of people that live in Borough Park that are not affiliated with any specific Hasidic, and they sometimes have, have uh, troubles getting in. There are 
Same thing, there are some elementary schools that don't have high schools. In Lakewood, per se, although I'm just getting more acclimated, obviously it's, it's a totally different story. It's really a question of space. Uh, someone told me it's as simple as that there are more uh, babies being born every year than uh, eighth grade, ninth grade seats that are available, and it just catches up. Uh, so I, 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 it's, it, it would be unfair for me to comment really on the Lakewood situation because I'm, I'm pretty new there, and they have some excellent people working there uh, to, try, to try to work things out. And on that note, I would just Love throw it. in that any, any – I'm sorry, anybody who's sorry, thinking no. of moving to Lakewood, Make sure they have a school before you go. Don't do it the other way around. I've seen too much uh, just uh, frustration uh, moving there and then trying to get your kids into school. Now, are there kids that don't get into school? There just isn't enough room, and they sit out months waiting to get into a school. But, Rapshola, you're doing, you're doing this now for 15 years. Do you remember right. during the period of the 15 years that there were kid, girls you just could not get into school and were home till November or December? Went to, yes, went to absolutely. Yeah, again, that so opens a different... And, and most parents okay. that I deal with are not going to deal with that. There are groups of parents that would consider sending their kids to public school if they can't get them into a school. What, now, is this because there, there is no space? Is it because the schools are too elitist? Or is it because the kid wants to get into a school? There's a school that'll take them. They just want a better school than what'll take them. If, if right. the kids so, would lower their standards, here's my question: If the kids would lower their standards, would every kid have a school? I, I have to break it up. If into the into to the group, is there a hashkafa problem, or is there a scholastic problem, or is there a space problem? Hashkafa has a whole. It's a whole different dynamic. Absolutely. Let's say it's, not a, let's say it, it's just it's just a, a, a boy or a girl who is not, right. not particularly bright. Not outstanding, mm-hmm. from a family right. that is not not in the vogue right now, right? Mm-hmm. Not in vogue, nothing. And like they just they're not ringing any bells. Like the school says, geez, you know, it's just we would like to have a higher standard. Like are the kids like that? They didn't do anything wrong. They're not they're not going you know going to the wrong places, etc. But they just they're sub mediocre. Not that you could say an anethish miyistral, chas v'shalom, that he's right. sub-mediocre, like the Mithos v'shalom writes, that the simplest Jew could have, who knows, the higher place in Gavadin, and the biggest, if they did their Avada correctly, but at least as, as far as the public eye is considered, it's considered subpar, and therefore then, that they can't get, there's such a thing exists, that they just can't get into a school, and even a simple school, nobody really wants them. The, the answer is yes, there are kids like that. Do you think the schools, and this is so broad of a question, it's brought us on the bizarre, do you think the schools are at fault, do you think? Like, when you talk about kids who can't get in, who's right. at fault? Sometimes it, in fact, is not a good fit. Not always. Certainly there have been changes. I, I have sat with major Rabbonin in sort of mediation or unofficial dintiris where the parents came to me and felt that the school baveled them, and we went to our bottom, and sometimes we were right, and sometimes we were wrong. Give me an example of a, of a case. Um, I had a case a, a number of years, about five years ago, of a very weak student, a girl, who was not accepted into the high school where the school had its own elementary and high school. And they did approach the parents right in the beginning of the year, telling them, you really need to look into other programs. She barely made it through elementary school. She's not going to make it scholastically. You're hurting the child by doing this. Um, I, I, I looked 
I, I met with the parents. I looked at the records. I'm not that I'm such an expert on that, but I felt emotionally this girl would have been destroyed if you rip her away from all of her friends and make her go to another school. And don't forget, there are whatever it is, six, seven, eight Beisiakovs in Flatbush. If you don't take your own student into the school, she's not getting into any of the other schools because the other schools will rightfully so tell you it's your student, it's your Schaibus, don't bring it to us, you know. So, And we ended up putting on such pressure for about seven months, and in the end, the school relented. So it, it does happen. But again, I had to go through channels where I negotiated, I tried, we had people, more people involved. And, and, and in that particular case, it worked. There's been many cases where I've tried and tried, and it just doesn't go anywhere. What, what happened what to that weaker girl and where you weren't successful? What happened to that weaker girl? We had to convince her to go to another school or, or possibly even to an out-of-town school, which for girls is a tremendous leap. Now, the resume by a boy could have 20 out-of-town yeshivas. It's great. But by a girl, if a girl from Flatbush is going to an out-of-town school, it, 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 you know, it's a red flag. Some parents realize that maybe that's the right thing to do for the child and they'll worry about the resume later and they're probably making the right move. But most parents instinctively say, I'm not doing this to my daughter. She's no different than the girl next door. She has to get into a school here in Brooklyn. I don't, I don't really care which one. So the parents are sort of pressed up against the wall. What do you do? It's, it's a major problem. In this case, do you think the parents are right or the school is right? In, in the case we just spoke about, I think the parents are right. You know, with all due respect to all the schools, I mean, scholastics, especially by girls. And I, again, I'm not, I'm not a, a die-in to, but I mean, so if her scholastics are a little weaker and she'll be the weaker from the lower 5% in the classroom, what's going to happen? Nothing. I went to Yeshiva too. All right, I'm not comparing the system from 50 or 60 years ago to today. We had in our class, we had brighter boys, we had middle range, we had schwacher boys. In those days, there was no such thing. But but it seems for some reason, and, and maybe maybe somebody can really figure it out. I have children who live in Chicago. There's no such thing as a child not getting into school. I, my son lives in Passaic. There's no such thing as a child not getting into school. It's only in these major markets where this becomes a problem. You talk to anybody in any school, you talk to So that's another point. But I, what I'm wondering is, is that on the other hand, you're saying there are out-of-town schools that will take the girl, but it, it's a red flag on a resume. You know, there are people who won't send their kids to the wrong kindergarten in New York if they're worried about Shaduchim. Right. Like, like, at what point do we just say, could you stop with this idiocy? Like, you're worried about Shaduchim? Uh, I've now? never like, done it, even though it's probably warranted. It's a rub's job. It's, it's not my... I, you know, after everything, the parents are in pain. Whether they're right or wrong, they're in pain. Sometimes they're clueless, and I agree. But still, I just I might tell them, I'm sorry, I just can't help you. Yeah, but I'm somebody saying, but, has. But isn't it fair to say, but Rabbi, Rabbi Albert, isn't it fair to say that there, there are children, they don't do well in this environment, that's the weakest in the class. I mean, maybe in another environment, the kid would actually flower. Maybe it's an environment that's less scholastic, that's more creative, that's more, they have a music program, they have an arts program. I mean, there are people who are good at a lot of things besides learning, you know, Zigzuk and Ramban, right, or whatever they teach the kids in high school today. My point is, is that right. maybe 
Like, so at what point do we stop saying, like, are we reading your resume, run the entire life of the girl? I'm interested. As somebody, by the way, who just doesn't have a lot of, um, just, uh, I just don't have a lot of tolerance for the systems, quote unquote. You know what I mean? I never followed right. any system. You know what I mean? Except for the Shulchanar. Like, what point do we say? Just, hey, Namlavada Jishka, in the mile of polystyrol, we're not supposed to be looking at other people. We are supposed to be following the path that our individual path. What point do we say to you? A 12-year-old kid, or so you're worried about the resume now, so you're not going to send them to a school where they can maybe flower or, or discover their, their episodes. I'm just curious. So, I mean, putting the subject of, of the resume to the side, I, I'll just give you a similar point, which I deal with on a regular basis. There's a program in New York called Ichud, which is a phenomenal program for weaker children in either elementary or high school. There's different divisions run by different people, which was basically made for kids who can't keep up, but they get special education in order to be able to keep up. The the, the uniqueness and the godless of Ichud is the way it's set up. You Every year, uh, the Ichud places a class in a certain building, and that class, let's say it's the first grade, it's the first, second, third grade for the next eight years is going to stay in that building. Therefore, the child should feel like he's part of that school. So the concept was great, but the resistance is, is impossible. I mean, I work with Ichud all the time, and I always say to myself, and if I have the kayak to tell the parent, I said, listen, they have people who will evaluate. Is your child above Yichud, perfect Yichud, below Yichud. And if they turn out being on an Yichud level, I tell them, I know it hurts. I know it hurts the children. The kids cry night and day because they're labeled. But in the long run, it's the safest thing for them to do. But, you know, I, I can't convince people to do that. But many times I run into parents who are guaranteeing me that they can make it in the mainstream. And I said, you know, you can prove it to me. Go to Ichud, get evaluated. They'll give you a paper saying you're above Ichud. You can go to a school then and say, I don't belong there. But they won't go because they know the truth. Now, I'm not saying this as a blanket statement on everybody, but this is something I deal with on a regular basis, and I understand the hurt. I, I was on the same note a few months ago. I went to Patach that runs programs in different I, I I was blown away by what is out there if you'll only allow them to help your child. Now, obviously, we're not talking about a mainstream child, but you know, parents have to take a step back sometimes and say, what is in the best interest of this child? Not by me, so I, when I go into shul, I'll tell them which school my child got into. Sometimes people have to stop living about what other people are going to deal with. And it's the same with kids at risk. People try to hide it, and they don't—they just try to cover it up because what is this has been a problem probably for 5,000 years, but we really shouldn't live our lives that way. Right. Question. You have... I have this now, somebody who's pretty close to us, divorced parents. The, um, in this case, the mother became totally irreligious. She's living with a guy. Um, she eats tarfas, she's Michal Shabbos, she wants to marry the guy. Father is a Rebbe in Yeshiva, right? Um, right. How do, how do schools deal with kids living in such a very complicated shared custody relationship. It's it's one of the most frustrating things to deal with all around, not only the schools, just you know, the parents themselves. And 
you know, before I even touch on that subject in general, people, you know, in Leyaleinu, there's a yasin, everybody jumps in and comes to help. But the, a, a child in a separated or a divorced home is mamish a yasin. It becomes so, so frustrating to watch where one side says, don't let him talk to this guy, you can't visit him. Sometimes, and I've seen this at bit, breaks my heart where they do things to the ex at, at the expense of the child. I've had cases where a mother cried to me. Her son was in one of the mainstream yeshivas, and he had him every two or three weeks, had him for Shabbos. He bedafka brought the kid back on Sunday morning two hours late. Bedafka. Now, I'm not saying the schools weren't understanding, but initially the kid had to deal with the frustration, go to the office and get a late note. And what is the kid supposed to do? He's a sixth grader or a fourth grader. So, you know, divorce is... I, I, just, I, sometimes I, I just throw up my hands. But on the other hand, I've seen it many times. When it comes to registering a child in a, in a school, and the parents are divorced, and the mother never, because I say the mother because 90% of the time it's the mother that's bringing, that's dealing with the children, and someone has to sign a tuition contract. And, and the father signs it and then never shows up again. And then the mother is left holding the bag. But, but that's already going off into tuition. I don't, I don't even want to go there. But I, I've, I've dealt with cases like this. I had a, 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 a member of the Hasidic community whose wife went totally off. And, and all she wanted, when I say all, she wanted her, husband, her son to get an English education. And I ended up, after much work, with, working with Rabbonin, uh, certainly the mother's lifestyle had an effect on the boy. And we ended up putting the boy into a modern Orthodox yeshiva, but he's thriving there right now. So there was a father and an ex-wife that at least worked together for the benefit of the boy. I think he's in the 11th grade now. He may even be in the 12th, getting ready to graduate. But it took hours and days of work. And, and I take my hat off to the Rabbonim everywhere because everybody thinks they're sitting, you know, at the head of the shul and everything. What they deal with today on a daily basis, especially in the next generation, or, you know, uh, Rabbonim whose parents are 30, 35, and 40, the, the Rabbonim are, are besieged siege with these kinds of issues. But surely, the Rabbanim are the heroes here, right? Who are villains? And why do I ask that? I say because as a community, if we want to fix things, we have to know where right. we are. So who are right. villains? And I'm not asking name-wise. I'm asking the profile-wise. Right. So the profile-wise, sometimes I can say, has to do with who, who is making the ultimate decisions in the schools. Sometimes it's the principals, sometimes it's the owner of the school, sometimes there's a VAD. And when there's a VAD, it gets very tricky because people have relationships and, you know, uh, you don't even want to get into it. If somebody has protexia, he's way ahead of the game. But there are tens of thousands of people who have no protexia whatsoever. So they're ready behind the eight ball. And if there's some personal uh, interaction between someone on the VAD Avad and a, and a uh, parent, the parent has no chance. Uh, should it be that way? Absolutely not. No, but, 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 but here, is, but, but Reb Shuley, that I don't see that as a villain. I'm saying, you're saying there's only space for two kids. One kid has protection, one kid doesn't. Right, okay. I don't think that, I don't think that's a villain. I think he's doing what, you know, he's, he's only one of two. He's taking the one that has protection. I would say I would see a villain. I remember years ago when I lived in Lakewood, there was a certain high school 
that only took Mitzianim. And right. it was, you know, the kids killed each other to get in. And I, I once met the Rosh Hashiva and I said, you know, you created such an unhealthy situation. Like, and the kids who get in become Baligaiva. Like he says, no, my yeshiva is the future of the Kivagin. Right. Happens uh, and there's something there. And, you know, yeah. And, you know, it's like 35 years later. I haven't heard mm. any Rabbi Kivagas come out of this yeshiva. I heard of a lot of Fashtunkin, the Gaiva, and Midas Rus. Can Rabbi I haven't heard yet. So, to me, that's right. a villain. You know, it's it's a type of a Gaiva cloaked. It's it's just an arrogance, like the Hampton arrogance cloaked in 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 your Shemayim and and and, and Sitkin. You know what I mean? That's well, a well, let me who, who, take what you just said to the next level, and I'm not sure where this might go. As of the February, there were supposed to be nine Mesiftas opening in Lakewood. Nine new ninth grades with probably 10 to 15 boys. I think it's already down to six for financial reasons where they weren't able. So what happens is every year, one or two of them get off on the right foot. And by December, the word is out. He opened the ninth grade. The parents are happy. So what happens now? It's now December, January, and he gets 50 applications for the 15 seats in next year's ninth grade. Now, you're a businessman. You have 50 applications now for 15 seats. Who are you taking? You're taking the Mitsuyanim. I, I don't I don't know if you can blame them. So what happens? The yeshiva turns into a Mitsuyanim Diki yeshiva. I don't think there's a villain there, but but that's what happens. I mean, I'll, I'll you know, off the record... I'll show you it's going to happen. And that's what happens in Jura. Now, some are much more Mitsuyanim than others. Some so, are wait, so wait, so wait, so Rabshuli, let me let me play let me let me play the other side of that, okay? Right. If the yeshiva, if the yeshiva is a business, right, then doubtless I would you know, if I could, I would take only the best, you know, the, the shiniest pennies, right. right? And leave and leave everybody home. Right? But I'll tell you my my share was Shmuel Mendelovich from Beishraga, right? Okay. And he said this this never was part of his equation. He right. wasn't looking to to gain accolades. He was looking for Erlucha boys who would who would turn into Erlucha B'nai Taira, and he wasn't interested in outshining this one and outshining this one. He said in the 50 years he was there, they never sent the boy home, even if he didn't pay a penny. So there was a musig of, a, of a, somebody having a yeshiva because it was called the Klei Kodesh then. Some people see it as a business. And I wonder, is the yeshiva a business? You know, you're going to get to the Kedushin. There's a lot of cover that comes with it. Is, it. is it a business? Or is it, on the other hand, are you a Klei Kodesh? And is, are you, are you a, you know, the Amalaga Tzadikim used to sign Eved La'av Be'ashem. How do you see the attitude of, of, of the Manalim today? There are all types. Uh, of course, I, I would agree with you. I mean, one thing I can tell you, all, all Meisters, they never like to hear that, that sentence, please don't call us a business. We're raising the next Doris of Klau Yisrael. Leave uh, Rabbi Kiva Eggers to the side for a minute. We, uh, this so, is so let me, so we let me just ask, so this is, and this is what I would ask this school who has that attitude. Do you think the next Doris of Klau Yisrael, if you took a slice of it, is, a, is, is all Mitsuyanim and Rabbi Kiva Eggers? I mean, I say that tongue-in-cheek, like the Yeshiva never produced one. Do you think that that's what a normal uh, slice of Klau Yisrael looks like? And if you are producing the next day, the next day is a proposal, shouldn't it be emblematic or shouldn't it be homogeneous with what 
the next virus of Kali Yisrael should look like, which is, you know, Prehadim, Vim, and Yisraelim. That's what I would right. ask somebody who, who used that comment. Okay. Okay. Continue. I interrupted you. I interrupted you. All right. So, I mean, so it, it's, it's a no, very No, by the way, fine... I, 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 I do believe that there the can be mm-hmm. yeshivas to Mitzianim. The Alpha from Slobodka had a yeshiva of Mitzianim, and he really created it. I mean, if you look, he had a... He had 200 boys in the yeshiva, and, 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 and 100 gedolim came out of his short period over there. Literally 100 gedolim, right? But it, he was a yachid, and he was a mechanach, and we haven't seen anybody who's even a dunyan to him today. Nobody. Right. All you do is you have the exclusivity without any of the performance, so, it's, so, so then it's, the odd question is, is it justified? So, you know, part of the answer is I've had people tell me that there are yeshivas today for those boys that are a little schwacher. I mean, there's no question today that the system is built on, on uh, I mean, the whole concept of an Aleph track and a base track in the same yeshiva. People are going to be arguing about this until Mashiach comes. And um, I, I don't know what the right answer is. But th- there are people out there who really believe that they were put on this world to produce the next Gedali Hadar, and there are some other wonderful people who will produce one and two steps lower, and that's great. Um, you know, I know one thing. I deal with a lot of the yeshivas that are on the lowest rung of the ladder, and I haven't met a principal or a rosh yeshiva who won't tell me my goal is to get this boy or this girl out of my school back into the mainstream. To me, those people will be the el in the next world, but we don't have enough of them in the mainstream. And again, I wish I could mention names on that note, which I won't, but I watch them every day. Halavai, I could send them to a mainstream school. But, yeah. but you know, the, the, the <laughs> issue is not about... Uh, yeah. You're doing this for 15 years. Could you teach me mm-hmm. something that you've learned that, 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 I, I, that you think I wouldn't know? And I know this is not my area of expertise, so teach me. I'm doing this for 15 years. Let me share with you something I learned. Well, I would start by saying which is something that a lot of kids figure out. I did go through, going back 20-plus years, um, a, a rough road with one of my children. That certainly was the inspiration for, for doing what I do today. And I learned on the job, first of all, how to talk to teenagers today of all sorts. Lav Davka, kids struggling or whatever. Um, I think the greatest thing in the world is when parents are married for two or three years, they would have classes from really talented people, and there are plenty of them. Not to say this is exactly how to raise their child, but just give them insights of what kids are all about. We need that more than anything. And secondly, um, Baruch Hashem, in the last 15 years, so many moistus have opened, girls' schools and boys' schools, but most of them are off the mainstream, and we need more of them because, unfortunately, in the crazy world where we live, there's no reason to take a boy or a girl and drop them to the lowest level where you know they're going to have a Yerida that nobody wants to live through, when if we could get them into a moderate off the mainstream school, it could solve the problem very easily. So, you know, it's very complicated, but um, I've already gone to probably 50 weddings of kids that I've 
met and dealt with over the last 15 years, so often by boys, I would say 95% of the times things straighten themselves out, and it hurts me to say this, but it is more complicated when it gets to girls. But, you know, the parents have to hang in there because the bottom line is yeshiva in yeshiva her. The bottom line is if the parents stand behind their child, 75% of the job is done. And I'm not knocking parents here. I'm just saying if they what understand... Mean, what, is, what does not stand behind your child mean? Like, What would a parent who doesn't stand behind the child look like? So, uh, so I'll give you an example. And this is something I, every place I've spoken, I say all the time. Over 80% of boys or girls that I've met in the last 15 years come with their mothers. By boys, girls I understand, but come with their mothers. I've had mothers begging me to find a, a base medrash for their child where they learn the ritva but not the rashba. For some reason, fathers throw the towel in so much faster than, than mothers. It's crazy. What would a boy, how does a boy feel? He's 18 years old, he's sitting there talking to me and his mother's there. Where's his father? So his father was, and this is my own spin, was either a Mitsuyan in yeshiva and can't deal with the fact that his son is not a Mitsuyan, or unfortunately the father was also a loy yitzlach, so to say, and he throws his hands up. I don't know what to do. I wish I knew. But if they would understand how much they could help their son or and mothers help their daughters and fathers help their daughters by standing behind them. You know, parents let their, not their pride, but their pain gets in the way and sometimes they pass that on to the child. We know, <laughs> I can tell you, I never came home and complained about the Rebbe in Yeshua because I would have gotten the same reaction from my father that I got from the Rebbe. But that was then. And this, that's not now. It's, it's not now. It's, you know, I, and that's another thing. Every boy and every girl, Mamish needs a mentor today. I don't care if they're a Mitsuyan to the highest level. The world is so crazy. They need just, they need to know they have somebody to talk to. There are mashkichim and yeshivas today that are doing phenomenal jobs because if the boy knows that no matter what's going on in his life, he has somebody he can trust, it, it could solve so many problems. You know, kids are walking around with peklach and they're not picked up at home or if they are, it's way too late. And, and you know, listen, I can go on and on on this. I'm, I, I don't want to move away from the topic of yeshivas. Yes, there's a lot of things that could get better in yeshivas. But also, yes, this, there, there are some in Alam in Brooklyn that will never send a boy away without calling me first, where can we send him? There's no excuse that any yeshiva should ever do that without consulting. It is their job to find another yeshiva. It's not my job. Unfortunately, what has happened over the years, they say they give my card to somebody, oh, he'll help you find the yeshiva. And that, that I, I, I don't understand that. If you're going to take that Christ to send somebody away, you have a responsibility to find him. He's your talent. It's your girl. You, there's no, I'll be glad to help them. I'll be glad to give insight if I can. But this should not be this way. I know, I know payrolls are tight in yeshivas. There's plenty of teachers they can volunteer, and there are some great teachers that do help. But this should not happen. To, to tell a child that next year you should find another yeshiva, your job is to help them find another yeshiva. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you. Joining us from Tom's River is Rabbi Yosef Scheidler. He must be a photographer because he runs CJ Studio Photography. Uh, he, also runs, uh, he also wrote a book, The Amazing Miracle Stories for Kids. 
He's originally from Denver. Today he's from Tom's Rover. He's had a difficult experience getting his children into school. We'd like him to share it with us. Welcome, Rabbi Isa. Hello, hello. Tell us about your experience getting your kids into school. Tell us your experience as a newcomer getting your children into school. So, like many uh, people who have taken the plunge to leave Brooklyn, I, I beat the fold, you know, post-corona, everyone's rushing out of New York City, and everyone is trying to figure out where to go. And each community and each place has their own schooling challenges. I think, uh, you know, when we explored Lakewood, we were not blind to uh, a known situation that Lakewood is notoriously difficult for kids getting into school. Um, I had, you know, before moving to Lakewood, I had seen the famous clip of Refnitz, and, uh, you know, I, I definitely had kept that in mind. And actually, you know, being that I'm Chabad, it was like it, Lakewood really wasn't even the first uh, thought on our map. Um, it was, you know, we were living in Brooklyn, uh, Crown Heights, and just all around rent was too high. And I'm, we're, we're talking years before Corona, 2015, 2016. And, uh, you know, with being that we were busy with photography, we knew we needed to stay in the tri-state area. We needed to, you know, be close to the city, be close. So it was either you're, you're moving Long Island or you're moving to Muncie, you're moving to somewhere in Jersey. And me and my wife, you know, both said, look, we don't want to be somewhere where, you know, there's a pizza shop that's 30 minutes away. You want to be able to grab dinner. You want to have a grocery store that's within your town so really there's only you know once you start thinking in that that you know that spectrum there's really only two places outside of the new york city area that really kind of meets that criteria which is either you go to muncie or you go to the lakewood vicinity so to us muncie was like uh already still quite expensive and it wasn't like you're getting so much more and we had a friend in Lakewood who invited us for Shabbos we saw you know how beautiful the houses are and how you know you can get a, a lot better for what you're paying for an apartment or uh you know whatever one level floor in in, in Brooklyn you know there's no need to explain you know the, the advantages of moving out so you move to to Lakewood and you think, okay, look, how hard can it really be? Let's 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 talk about realities over here. Lakewood, as a community, holds. Let, let me let me ask you, how many schools do you think are in Lakewood? Got to be hundreds. Yeah, there's got to be a hundred schools. All right, so let's just let's just talk about elementary schools. Let's 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 pick the number of elementary schools. Uh, on average, you're talking at least not at least there, there is there is approximately thirty boys' schools, at least thirty bo- uh, girls' schools in that range. All right, and then you talk about many of these schools are multiple classroom, you know, multiple grades per classroom. So it's not just like they have a first grade and a second grade. It's some of them have three or four first grades or second grades. Um, you know, so it, it, the, the numbers there are huge. It's a huge, huge numbers game. And, you know, you go into the past five years of growth, and that's only, you know, hit it up exponentially. So, you know, I walked into a kind of, I, I want to say blind. I mean, I knew the situation. I knew what I was up against. But, you know, I, I kind of felt like, all right, with, with the amount of schools that exist, I mean, you can't get rejected from every single one of them, 
right? I mean, it, it just sounds kind of absurd that it, it's just going to be, if it's not this one, then it's that one. And if it's not that one, it's going to be this one. And that's kind of how we went in uh, to the situation thinking, all right, if, you know, like what I had heard is, you know, if you're not super particular, you know, if you don't get into this one, you will get into that one. And, you know, you know, it's only the people who are super particular because all the families want to send their, their kid to this one school and this one school has the good revenues and that one doesn't. And so, I, you know, I, you know, when we, we went there, we figured, look, when we, you know, our kids were still younger, when our kids are going to get a, a, of age, how, how, how difficult could it be? So you go back a couple of years ago to when my kids going into, uh, you know, first grade uh, or kindergarten, you know, and, and needs to go into a school. And it became it became uh, quite a challenge because we started applying to schools. You don't hear back. Uh, you start, you know, running up the, you know, you send a deposit here. You start, you know, uh, waiting to hear back from this one and that one. And then, of course, we have the the schools that, oh, sure, come in for an interview. Okay, you're accepted. And a week later, well, we thought about it a little bit further, and we decided you're not accepted. So, you know, uh, good luck to you. So I mean, this was something that was going on the whole year. And I, I have been told by people, you know, through the grapevine, look, if, if you get down on all fours and you're really big and you, you pull this protection and that protection, you know, then you, you, you'll probably get your kid into school. Now, philosophically, I had a problem with this, just, just like on, on a fundamental level. And I have told, uh, without even completing the story, just to give, you know, uh, a question over here, question that I give to parents all the time who call me, I have a lot of people who call me, they're struggling to get, to get their kids into school in Lakewood, and they're, you know, they're wondering what to do. And I, I, I ask parents a, a, a philosophical question, and that works like this. Why would you send your kid to a school that you yourself don't believe in? You get the question? Yeah, I, and, I, and I absolutely agree with it. I, I absolutely agree with you. Meaning, it's one thing you want to you have parents who maybe uh, not so religious, and you want to try and get them to go to a, a Jewish school. Different, different story. But if if you believe that, and and this is this is a huge problem in the Lakewood community that I that I see, and maybe in other places too. Look, I'm 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 surrounded by what I see, and I I can't speak beyond the, the walls of you know what I know. But I but I, I'm sure it goes on elsewhere that people you know they they may not fully believe in the school system that they're sending their kids to, but maybe because it's it's the hit place for you know their neighborhood or it, uh the class or whatever it is. It's you know people will just you know fight to get their kids into the school and. They don't really believe in what what they're teaching over there. And I ask people all the time, look, start with point one. If the school wants you to, like, beg and plead to take your child, then do you really want your child to go to that school? Meaning, why do they want that? Why would they want you to beg and plead? Like, why? Okay, okay. So so what I have discovered... And what I have found and, you know, my experience, because I, I, I went through a lot. I went through a lot of, uh, you know, discovery. I went through a lot of emotions. I uh, went head up with a lot of people, found a lot of just dirty politics in the way. Lakewood as a whole has several issues. I, I really want to avoid going into Lushen Haras and, and this and that. But here, here, here's, here's the, the gist of what I have discovered. Lakewood has, number one, before we get into any political realm of anything, go back to the numbers, all right? Just the sheer number of people in classrooms, there is a limit. 
there, there is factually a limit of what a community can handle and hold and hang on to. So what you're saying is bottom line is the schools are justified because they have no room and they're doing what they have to do. So, so there, no there, 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 there's two factors here. So there's two factors. Number one, I'm saying there is a real situation that, you know, there, there is only, there is physically only so but much room in a class. There is only so, so many places so for, for X amount of kids. Good. So, That's what the schools will say. So what, so what are you crutching about? So there's, there's one aspect of that, and that's for the schools that are busy, and that's for the schools that literally are flowing to capacity. And there are many Every such school, schools. Every school, you're like, telling me, so, every st- the, the, the community is growing, can I know how to believe that every school is, is, is overbooked uh, there, there, by 20%. There, 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 so, so, there is, there so what's is, the issue? Is, what's the issue? There is no question that every school is, is filling up a lot more than they used to. Yeah. Okay, so my, my, my question is, is that if the, if the place is a gym and the schools are saying, listen, we just don't have enough space, so, Rabbi Yosef Schindler, you've come to Lakewood. You could apply to all 60 boys and girls schools. Every single one is over capacity, and the answer is no. So why would you have? So, why would so you they, be upset at all? So, so the answer is, is that not all of them are. I'd say a good majority of them are. Many of them still have spots. And, again, I, I want to I address several components of, of this matter because there, there's, there are several elements that this is one of them. Does, is every school following to this criteria? No. And so then the question becomes, why are they why are they allowing or why are they not allowing? And then again, also, you, you go into, you know, like, let's start with a kindergarten class. You know, if you pop in the middle, you know, if you're, you move your, your fifth grader to Lakewood, you know, you, you might have uh, a harder time than, you know, starting with kindergarten so because you're a fresh name, you know, a new face. So then they argue that, okay, well, number one priority goes to, to families who, you know, who've, uh, you know, who already have siblings in the school and, you know, and or their close friend, you know, so it, there, there's a whole whole question. But there, there's another element of, of this whole thing, which I, I think is unique to a place like Lakewood, perhaps other communities that might be more close-knit, which is that, look, the communities are very insular and they want to be able to have a certain level of control for good or bad. I mean, this is, this is a whole different level of argument, but what, what does take place, I'm, 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 I, I don't want to get into the politics of it. I'm just stating a straight-up fact of how things work. The Lakewood has used and utilized and still, as I understand, continues to do if, for whatever reason, they feel that it could benefit or change around their monopoly on the township, then they'll utilize school positions to their benefit, which means that if they feel for whatever, again, I don't want to address a specific topic or a specific angle because I know many, and it just boils into Lush and Horrors and whatever, but Lakewood has utilized uh, people's, you know, kids as so to speak, pawns in a game of uh, checkers or chess against, you know, maintaining a certain, you know, uh, control on the township of Lakewood, you know, running it to however they see in their best interest. And, you know, I don't think that that's really played out in other communities to the extent that it's done in the Lakewood area or, you know, was done to a strong capacity. Um, 
without mentioning particular names, when I uh, was involved with a bunch of situations with schools in Lakewood, somebody called me up and told me a lot of very nasty things over the phone. Um, what was, you know, unbeknownst to this person it was that my phone, you know, has a recording option, so, you know, it records. And I had no idea who this guy was. He called me from a... a uh, a random block number, and you know, it was telling me that you should move back to Brooklyn, and you know, uh, just like you know, a bunch of kids in Lakewood, they don't deserve schools. Really, really nasty stuff. And I'm sitting there, you know, I come from a Chabad background. I, I went Chabad on him. I said, look, every edition of Shamma deserves a place. And, you know, I, I didn't know who I was talking to. But bottom line... Why did he attack you? I didn't, I didn't why, why did he call you? Why did he pick you to call? I, I didn't know that. I had no clue. Bottom line is, for those who know, if you know, you know they say, if you know, you know. I'm even oven. For those who know, it became a... a I sent the, the the recording of this phone call to a few people on WhatsApp because I thought it was funny. I literally, I, I laughed at it. I said, look, look at this yokel who called me. You know, I have no clue who he was. He wasted 10 minutes of my life and, uh, you know, Zehu. So I passed on the, the phone call to a few people. I went to sleep. The next morning I wake up and this phone call recording is on every news site in Lakewood. What happened? Because the guy is part of the, the upper echelons of Lakewood and he's been known to, to meddle in people's affairs, you know, of, of, you know, getting, you know, kids kicked out of school and whatever for, for the, whatever of the township. And the people, you know, never were able to, I, I think, so to speak, pinpoint it that it was him or that his involvement. And all of a sudden, here was a recording, and you know, you know, it was, it, it went all viral. That uh, this is a guy, you know, this is a guy, what he was up to, and it kind of uh, opened a lot of eyes to a lot of people that this is, you know, the attitude and mentality of certain, so to speak, leaders in the community. And I think it, it brought a lot of attention at that point in time, unbeknownst to me, you know, that. It, it, you know, here is this person that's, you know, making trouble. The point I'm, I'm making by saying all of this is that, look, the the township has utilized and played out certain people as pawns to maneuver things to their liking. If they feel that, you know, something is, is you know, not going, uh, you know, in the township how they like it, uh, not going in, you know, whatever. If, if a person has their kids, doesn't have a school for their kids, then, you know, end of the day, you know, they're, they're probably going to pick up and move or go somewhere else. But, you know, what what's, you know, untold that does that, that happens is there are, you know how many kids in Lakewood who are from, from Yiddish families who are sitting in public school? You know, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a real... No, no, talk, tell me about, tell me about it, that. It, it, it's, a, it's a real fact. It's a real fact. There are from families who they couldn't get their kid into school and they're sitting in public school. There are from families who still, to, 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 I, I know in my neighborhood, I know last year two families that literally didn't have their kids into school. They literally kept their kids home from school because they didn't have a school. Not they kept their kids, no school except for their kids. They had nowhere for their kids to go. And this, is, uh, this is something, you know, in, 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 in you know, the couple blocks of my house, I can't imagine in the, the I, I've heard these stories countless times in the, in the endless, endless, you know, miles of driving around Lakewood, you know, there, there are every year, you know, countless, countless kids who just don't have a school to go to. So, um, you know, it, it's, a, it's a real issue. I, in my particular case, um, there is a Chabad school that we opted to go to in New Brunswick. Our kids drive with two other families, uh, soon to be three, from the Lakewood area. We drive one hour each way. 
uh, every single day out to New Brunswick. My kids have a beautiful Sinach. They come home and they know everything that, uh, you know, we actually had a, uh, an organization that came out from Lakewood and they came to our school and they said, look, I, I want you to know, this is some, uh, a PARA uh, organization, one of the, you know, special, you know, at, at remedial stuff. And they said, they, they go to all the schools in Lakewood and they said, I want you to know what you're getting in the school is the same education that you're going to get in the top five schools in Lakewood. And, you know, when I justified to myself, and again, this, this boils back to the original thing that I said to you, why would you send your kids to a school that you don't believe in? I dealt with, you know, for those who know me, or you can Google my name, I dealt with a, uh, you know, a frenzy of uh, issues in Lakewood, and it, it, it just opened my eyes to one concept, which is send your kids to a place where you actually believe in the school. Because end of the day, that people are fighting left and right to get their kids into a school that either may be overcrowded I, uh, I, you know, it could be that, you know, uh, they do have space, but for whatever reason, they, you know, they want to pull their identity to say, hey, look, this person may uh, not be their cup of tea, and, you know, they'll, they'll find a way or an excuse to, to not let that person in. And or, you know, uh, a, a slew of other reasons that, uh, you know, the, they may have orders from up on high in the echelons of whatever, you know, to, to not let this family have a school for their kids. But end of the day is the question is, you know, do you if you want your kids to, to grow up in a system that, you know, that, you know, with a Yiddish type that you believe in. So, you know, it, it, it's like it, it boils down to who who you know, what you know, the protection you, you have to get your kid in. You know, if, if you've done your research and you've done your homework and you really, really feel that this is the best place and everyone in the school is really going to give your kid, you know, that full all the way around attention, then go for it. But I can't tell you how many people that I that I speak to in Lakewood that they're sending their kid to a school just because, literally because it's, it's the option and they're not happy with it and, it, you know, it's not like, you know, people in, 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 I'm talking in general, it doesn't have to be about Lakewood, it doesn't have to be, you know, how, we, we don't live in, uh, you know, uh, in the boondocks of, you know, certain cities where there's one, two schools. You you live in Jersey, people have so many options. People, you know, if it's not here, if it's not there, but people say, well, what am I going to do? I'm going to send my kid, kid away for, 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 you know, an hour away. Well, I do it. And you know what? I'm so happy with with my choice because my kids come home and they're happy with Yiddishkeit. They're thriving. They're they're connected. They're, they're, they have a real interest in Yiddishkeit. And I don't feel like I'm begging someone to take my kid. I don't feel like I'm begging someone to you know to uh, you know to that, that I, my child has to go to the school. And you know I, my kid is 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 one in five or seven in a classroom versus you know, being one of 30 in a classroom. And, and if you want a chinus for your kids, you know, and there's not a spot, so to speak, you know, for whatever the reason is for your kid in a, in a school. And it, it could be it could be a very wrong reason. I, I have seen plenty of people who, whose kids are not in school for reasons that it, it, the only answer I can say is it would just be a lot of less and harm. It'd be a lot of lesson horror and it'd be, you know, uh, you know, they, 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 they tell a joke. 
but it, it's really not a joke, which is that, uh, you know, uh, that, that uh, a manal from a Lakewood school goes up to Shemaim, and, uh, you know, they start asking, who are you, where are you from? I'm from Lakewood, I was a manal. Oh, 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 you want to go to Shemaim? Yeah, I'm, I'm so sorry, right now we're, we're full, we don't, have, we don't have any more room over here for you. But it, it's not a joke. Look, there, for whatever reason, in many places, you know, it, it may be just, you know, sheer numbers game, but in many cases it's also practical that, look, you have... You know, uh, you know, the school has decided for whatever reason they don't like, you know, the color of your hat, they don't like the color of your beard, or whatever other, you know, crazy reason that that you want to, you know, yeah, it falls back exactly to this. Look, you know, this one, that one, they don't like, you know, how this one does Yiddish They don't like how that one does Yiddish Everyone has their their own their own set of whatever. And you know what? End of the day, so be it. So fine. You know, it's on the it's on the Manal who who wants to teach seclusive Judaism, a Judaism that lacks sovereignty, Israel, a Judaism that you know is not all inclusive. You know. I, I, you know, one of the, the greatest things that a uh, sites I've ever seen, Rabbi Bender from the Five Towns, I think it's the first day of school, he comes outside, there's a video of it, and he kisses every kid on the head, you know, uh, on his way into school. And I think that should be like a model to, uh, to what you should expect for a school, how they take your kid. I mean, it, it, we, we've gotten to this point where you have to beg the yeshiva, beg the school, beg this one and that one to take, take you. But what about the idea that you, you, you are actually a precious, you know, that your kid is precious enough that they should be begging you to have the schluss to be able to educate your child? I think we've, we've forgotten about that, that why is your child not, why are they not begging your child to, co- to come to school? And I wanted to thank you for you. For- for spending, offering to share your story with us. Okay. Thank you. Thank so you so much. much. Any, we'll call for that. Uh, call for that.